So last week, we looked at what it means to be saved, and the work, that the work of making a relationship with God has already been made possible through the work that he's done to be with us. So now that we have this relationship, what do we do with it? What does it mean to grow in faith or trust and our understanding of who God is and who we are with him? Um, John compared this gift to a relationship with God, to having a check written out for a million dollars being handed to us. Most of the time, though, it's hard to keep thinking about this relationship with God as a million-dollar check. Growing in faith feels more like a burden than a weight lifted off of our shoulders, just another thing to add to the to-do list. Um, And totally lost my place. And not a place of rest. Which maybe that makes me like one of those lottery winners who complains about their increased taxes or a billionaire that has such a hard time managing their dozens of properties. Um, this, might not be, this might be the first time I've sympathized with uh, that because God gave me this good gift of himself. And now that I don't know what to do with it, um, God has given me this good gift and I really don't know what to just make of it. So tonight we'll be looking at this passage from Ephesians to help us understand what it means to put this gift to good use, or in other words, to grow in faith. So first, the Christian walk is a growth, and second, growth only takes place in the light. So in the book of Ephesians, where this passage is from that we read tonight, um, it's a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. And this church is filled with lots of people like you and I. They were broken and messy and figuring things out. And this passage um, speaks a lot into the truth of our lives just as much as it did to the church in Ephesus. And this letter from Paul was meant to help them and us move out of our sin and destructive patterns and instead into the goodness or the light. We see this here in verse 8, which you can see out on your handout. Um, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light of the Lord. Walk as children of the light. What Paul is referring to here, this walk out of darkness and in the light, is Christian growth. Christian growth is a walk. It's a journey. It's a process. It's not instantaneous. This growth doesn't happen at the click of a button. This is so hard because we live in a culture of instant gratification. If we want to rent a movie, we can immediately go on Amazon Prime or Netflix. We want a pumpkin spice latte ready to go for us. We just order it on our phone before we even get to the store. Um, If we want to go somewhere, we can use our phones to get there as fast as possible. We even go 10 miles above the speed limit just to get there before our estimated time. It takes time, um, but our growth isn't like that. It takes time, it takes patience, and it's a process. And Christian growth is not like walking in circles or a walk in the park either. It's not for no particular reason, like Forrest Gump puts it, with no real idea of where we're going in mind. It's more like a journey or going on a trip. God is leading us out of something, which we see here in verse 8 is darkness and into light. When you left home for college, you had to leave some things behind, right? You can't take your dog. You can't take your entire bedroom. You can't possibly take everything with you. And this is the same with our walk with Jesus. We can't possibly, um, we can't, this means we have to leave behind our sin. And this is hard because our sins are usually things that feel really good in the moment. But they start eating at our souls. Getting really wasted or high every weekend is really fun at first, but then we start seeing how lonely or unseen we are at parties we're at and how disconnected we feel from our true connections. Or maybe for you it's seeing how hooking up with someone is really fun at first, and then it starts hurting because you really long for someone who sees you and loves you fully. Or maybe this means seeing how isolating your patterns of harm or telling yourself you're not good enough 
leave you turning more and more inward in self-hate instead of outward into abounding love. And these things start feeling easier to leave behind the more we taste how much sweeter and how much fuller our life is when we step into the light because that's where we are fully known, fully seen, and fully loved. Because we're leaving these things behind, you're also going to pick up new things along the way. Christian growth is kind of like that. And this growth and walk is not our own, on our own. When we spend more time with someone, we start to rub off on each other, right? I used to never snort when I laughed, but after spending two weeks with my friend Abby for traveling for a few weeks, um, it, she started to snort when she laughed, and then I started to snort when I laughed, for better or worse. And this same rubbing off experience happens when we start getting to know someone really well. And um, this happens when we start spending more time with Jesus. We start to see how beautiful and good Jesus is. And by spending day in and day out with him, we absorb more and more of his spirit. The way we walk, the way we talk, the way our heart is bent starts to look more and more like Jesus. And we know him not as a distant being, but as a close friend. Christian growth is not a marathon for professional athletes that have trained for years and years. And it's not only for adults with a family and a job figured out. When we look at the passage in verse 8, God is asking us not only to walk, but to walk as children, which is the farthest possible you can get from a professional athlete. God isn't expecting us to be at any rank or ability level or be a Christian superstar. He tells us to come and walk with him as we invite him into our lives, just like a two-year-old who stumbles alongside a parent figuring everything out. And finally, you can start today with your, with your walk with Jesus. You don't have to rush, but you also don't have to wait. This walk isn't something you, we have to delay, and you can start now and come as you are. For many of you, this may sound impossible. Maybe you believe you're not good enough for this life with Jesus, or your burdens are too heavy for Jesus, or this is too much work to handle while just trying to get through Zoom University. If this is supposed to be like breathing and walking, why does it feel so hard? Why do these rhythms feel so hard to learn? The pastor and author, Andrew Murray, responds to these feelings really well. He writes how for some people, the very idea of always, all the day, abiding in Jesus or walking with him, appears to them to require such a strain of effort and such an amount of goodness as to be altogether out of their reach. The very idea of always, all the day, abiding in Jesus is too high, something they might attain after a life of holiness and growth. But, um, but certainly not what a feeble beginner is to start with. And he continues by saying that those who feel this way, Jesus is speaking the truth when he says, my yoke is easy. He hears our cries and fears. He sees the weight and pain we've been holding. He has made this walk possible for you and I and all his children. So before we move on to the next point, let's just cover the, review the ground we've covered. Growing in faith and becoming more like Jesus is a walk. It's a process. It's not via Amazon Prime, and it takes time. It's a journey that isn't alone because we get to go alongside it with Jesus. And we get to see Jesus more clearly and become more like him. You don't have to have a stacked resume or be a pro athlete to start this journey. We walk as children in it too, meaning we are going to fall down a lot and skin our knees a lot. But these skin knees don't stop us, and we keep going. This is a walk we can do, and we get to begin it today. Which brings us to our second point, that Christian growth only takes place in the light. And just like a plant needs, in a garden needs tending, so does our growth in Jesus. 
While we need to water the soil and make sure the bugs and weeds don't kill our plants, or change the pots so roots can grow, the sunlight that nourishes the plant is totally out of our control. The light makes life possible. We have to put the work of tending to our souls, of making space to grow, um, but we, can't, we cannot provide our own light. The light is living with Jesus and fully inviting God into our lives. It's placing ourselves next to God, where we can fully see his goodness and fully see our brokenness and sin. This is where we can see where God is leading us, as well as what we need to leave behind. We see this in our passage in verses 9 and 10. Practically speaking, though, what does it even mean to grow where it only takes place in light? It doesn't mean we have to move to sunny Arizona and that we're screwed because we're in the Northeast where life is, sunlight is an anomaly, right? <laughs> growth in the light means growth in community. When we live on our own, we fall into secrecy and we fall into hiding. This isn't anyone, there isn't anyone to make our blind spots known to us um, and bring these sins and habits into the light. We need a good community and good friends to help us see what we're missing and what we need to leave behind. On top of friends to point out our blind spots, we also need friends we can be vulnerable with and to trust and share what we've been keeping hidden that's destroying our souls. And this isn't so that our friends and community can shame us. It's really the opposite, so that they can call us out of shame and into life with Jesus and repentance. Friends and community that will call us out of darkness and into light, out of shame and into a loving community, out of loneliness and into real connection. And these friends don't just help us see what is broken and help us stay on the path with Jesus, but help paint a picture of what God wants for us. God doesn't want us to just simply follow rules. He challenges us like a good parent to grow, But God never tells us to be something that he hasn't already made us. Everything that God commands for his people and tells how he tells us to live is a result of something he's already made us, children bearing his image. And as we begin to see these broken parts of our lives, the point isn't to bog us down, to make our life with Jesus feel out of reach, right? Instead, we see our greater need for a savior and a greater need for faith in a father who sees our pain and carries it for us. This is where we find true joy. We don't have to settle for fleeting satisfactions from hookups or Instagram likes or watching porn or grades to justify our worth to feel alive. When we start fully trusting that God can heal us in our walk with him, fully abiding in him, and we start to see more and more of what God's goodness is through our brokenness. We grow and bear good fruit. Like a lot of you going into college, I knew I wanted to know Jesus more, but I had no idea where to start. It was overwhelming, so I put my desire on a shelf and just said, I'll do that later. And the more my life centered around going out, getting drunk, and hookup culture, the less I thought this was something in my reach, something I couldn't take off the shelf. I told myself I didn't deserve God's love and that I wouldn't be accepted into a Christian community because of what I was doing on the weekends and holding on to. By the grace of God, though, I got invited to RUF by a friend in class. I started showing up, I made friends, and I joined a small group. And the more I got involved with RUF and the church, the more the weight of my sins felt heavy. The fake intimacy I was experiencing on the weekends of play pretending, who I was, and ignoring what I was being called into was getting exhausting. When I began trying to stop living in secrecy, When I started bringing these things into the light with my small group leader, who's still one of my best friends today, my walk with Jesus was too beautiful to keep holding on to my sin. 
I started having real friends who loved me and who saw, and saw a real God who wants to walk beside me. I started seeing more and more of who Jesus is, his love for me, and the beauty of the cross, and how I was looking more and more like him too. I learned that I don't have to live in shame or be in my pain and anxiety. I have a loving community and a loving God. And friends, Christian growth is the most beautiful walk. It's a journey out of darkness and into light, a journey out of secrecy and shame and into a community. If you're here tonight and don't know where to begin, you have a community right here um, that's right in this room and in the church. This walk is for you, for me, and for all of us. So let's pray.